Welcome back to the place where music gets discussed by one person. This is the fourth episode. This is the fourth installment. Uh, of course, you already know which album I'm, I'm going to discuss on this because it only makes sense that I put the, the title as the name of the record. I do not know that yet. So consider consider yourself better than me at this point because you know more than me, right? I don't know exactly how this is going to pan out, but you do. And you just have to wait and listen to it. Uh, don't remember any particular correction or disclaimer about the, the Smiths episode. Strange ways, here we come. I just, yeah, I think I said everything that I needed to, to say. And also, I'm considering truly, truly, truly just make this unedited. Like, just not, it's not even not to bother with editing. It's, it's basically, I don't want the editing process to be. Um, something that gets eternally done, right? Because I uh, a little bit of my background, right? I'm, I'm <clears throat> I am a video editor by profession, let's say, like like um, not necessarily did a lot of video editing in my life professionally, but I'm, I consider myself a uh, editor so I, I i grab a video raw uh in in a raw form and and i edit things so i can be eternally uh dissatisfied with the result with the final result so if i do things in a raw way and try to be as entertaining as possible in this sense, mistakes and all that, right? Words and all, um, that can be more useful for my for my process. So I guess that whatever this podcast is, it will have to be. It has to be a a raw form, unedited, because really. I'm not even very troubled by my by the content on what I say. I don't think that I'm very um, I'm, uh, although opinions and, and things about music they change they 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 can transform themselves throughout the, the a person's life. It's more my speech, like my technicality of speech, like the the slurring of some some words and repetition you know and that type of thing cannot be edited very successfully so even though the way that i said the words successfully you know i cannot edit that and make it more precise as it would be so i just have to cope with the fact that i'm not great at it and you know just find that person uh, people might the fact that it is, it is what it is, right? Let's just 
get done with this and generate the album for this discussion, which is the number 200. Which means that it is the album drum roll, drum roll, The Persuasions, Street Corner Symphony. That's a great, um, that's a great record because it's the classic example of something that I, it's so easy to get into, it's so easy to find uh, the charisma and it's such a simple record. It's such a defining record as well for its genre, genre, right? It's basically a barber, uh, barber, um, a barber quartet. It's basically a you know that scene in the the first Rocky movie where the guys are singing in the corner. Like four dudes are singing together a cappella. It's basically what this album is, cause it's it's Philadelphia, right? The city from from uh, which is Rocky is uh, based on. Uh, I'm not sure if that's specific from Philadelphia, although I do think it, it might be something specifically from from that state. Uh, that's basically what this album suggests right they are they are the, the the band is from brooklyn right but the movie maybe it's an american thing maybe it's a 70s thing uh in in, in the u.s uh it's basically a choir constituted of black musicians singing uh r&b and gospel tunes so it's basically what it is uh, it is fantastic. It, it's a fantastic display of talent. It's a fantastic display of uh, vocal harmonies. Uh, it's charismatic to an extent which is unbelievable, right? How much charisma is there on the on, on this record? Uh, it's very famous for the. Um, I know. There's gonna be good times, which is one song from the. The song is actually called "Good Times," right? Jamie XX sampled that one, and call it. I know it's gonna be good times. He did with the with the rapper Popcan, and it became kind of a hit, right? Because it's a very very well done uh, remix, uh, remix, and, and the use of the samples as well, pretty well done. Uh, so there is kind of a contro controversy. It's to be believed that uh, the guys weren't compensated well enough for the use of the sample. He kind of used it in a dodgy way. I don't know who knows, right? But, but it might, it might be the case. It might not be. Uh, so basically, a legendary a cappella band that's going around and making stuff since probably the beginning of the 70s or so maybe even earlier um, besides the the use of the sample I, 71 is the first album i don't see many uh examples of their notoriety 
besides of course the the the, the use of the sample in the Jamie XX song uh, the album street corner symphony it's a classic they usually do that type of thing where uh, they cover a lot of songs right they cover for example they do a cover from the temptations and they do a lot of Beatles stuff on their uh, on their discography right they, they, the, those types of bands they they usually did that especially in the beginning of the of the phonographic industry there always getting a ride on the on the success it was something well it is done until this day right but with the remix uh, remixes and all that but at that point doing a cover or maybe doing an album singing Cole Porter or maybe singing uh, Bob Dylan which is one that I'm seeing right in front of me here which is a newer album the 2010 record from theirs so it, it is easy to see they, they sang YouTube at some point you know so it's basically it's treated like a, it was always the case and continued to be in the case of with a cappella because you have singers who can carry a harmony and carry some huge amount of talent, right? So they are able to construct uh, basically any simple harmony of a pop song, which the Beatles is, which is the U2, uh, it is their deal, right? To do catchy, sophisticated pop, pop songs, but sop, top, uh, pop songs nonetheless. Uh, and the Street Corner Symphony, it appears to me, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely familiar with their entire discography. I do believe that it's kind of a, a middle of the road between the gospel uh, deal that they had and the pop renditions of, 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 of stuff, right? Because they do have Christian songs in it and they do appeal to that sensibility of the black church of the of the gospel and, and that gospel being very well um, fed by the r&b and the blues tradition right because it was uh, at the beginning the the church was the place for uh, black artists to exercise the the, the blues and the r&b uh, muscles and the jazz as well and that with that development and with that place of worship uh, things became more and more and more and more energized until a Fats Domino for example which is one of the earliest uh, rock and roll artists kind of grabbed that idea and put it in a, in a more normal environment right now not a, a religious environment which it's a normal environment that's anyway but that's more 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 the dance club let's say the the parties you know the the uh, whatever the ambient might be and then the the rest is history right when when he when he reached uh elvis and then now we have black metal you know, basically so 
Uh, I know it's a bit of a, a big jump there, but that's basically it. So I don't believe I can say much more than that. It's only voices, right? And it's probably five or six guys doing the the whole harmony. It's 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 beautiful. It's a fantastic um, display of how to do an acapella record. I do have a couple of acapella albums which I, I which I really enjoy. Um, I think just one, right, which would be Late Smith uh, Black Mambazzo, which is the South African group who served as, as a backup to Paul Simon in the in the Graceland record. Uh, they do appear in a few tracks there. They are not the only band, but they, they do, they are very prominent in it. Um, I do think that this and the, that other one, which is, it has more stuff to chew on than this one. Um, those are the only one ones solely uh, a cappella. You, you can say Medulla from Bjork. It's an a cappella record, but it's actually not, right? Because it uses the voice as an instrument, not only as a singing vehicle. That's up for up for another discussion. Uh, Bjork in and of itself, you know. I'm gonna start doing that here. Um, really cool, really cool album. Uh, this is probably gonna be a shorter episode because there is not much you can do. Uh, it's 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 just uh, beginning to end. I believe that's twenty twenty eight minutes or something like that. This album, beginning to end. Uh, entertainment value off the charts right it's it's very v good value for your money in a way you know although we don't pay for for a particular record anymore uh it's you're gonna have that 28 minutes there uh with a wholesome um good value poppy very talented uh display of musicianship from those guys and legends from the from that period I do put those uh, that particular record as one of the best from the 70s it's 74 if I'm not mistaken let me just confirm that so either 74 71 it's 71, yeah, because I have the 2011 version here, which it might be the 40-year anniversary for the on, on Spotify. Anyway, uh, as I said, good value for your money. It really doesn't disappoint, doesn't drop the ball once, because, you know, one thing about uh, a cappella is to keep things rolling rather smoothly, right? Uh, not, to, not to get any any dead air there so thinking that everyone is carrying one side of the harmony you know it has to really get the pace going uh to, to be really effective right and and this record do that a lot it's a it's an excellent excellent uh really 
amazing record. So highlights are the first two songs are brilliant. Buffalo Soldier, Soldier, ah, Buffalo Soldier, Soldier, yeah. And good times, of course, as I mentioned before. Uh, and then they do the other ones. They kind of lack in the in the uh, like luster a little bit in comparison with those two, but they they keep the same. You know, it's a very um, blanket album. It's a very comfort type of listening. I'm I'm happy that they showed up because I literally thought about them. I thought about that record recently, uh, as it is for a lot of those albums that are here, right? Especially since I'm doing this quite, uh, I'm giving those records that I'm putting in this list more attention lately. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that I that I that I got to talk about that one a little bit more. Uh, not a little bit more, but anyway, that's it. Really cool, a cappella R and B, so very soulful, very soulful. That's for sure, and really worth listening. Really worthy, really worthy to get you know, because it's a chapter. Um, it's kind of underrated, and it's kind of you know because it is not. As shiny as an all green, as a even the 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 the, the more underrated um, artists from the from the R and B from the seventies like um, the Shug Oddies type of thing, you know the 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 the, the Baby Hughes and and you know even comparing with Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Uh, Slime the Family Stone with the really high uh, high level players from that era this album has the you know it, it has the space over there not a lot of space comparing especially with the Giants that I just mentioned but it has space because it is a, a, a truly truly remarkable uh, piece of work here anyway this is one more recommendation i've been listening to the record maybe since 2014 or 15 of evidently of course it's 2015 right because the the jamie xx album came on, on that year and i do remember uh really liking the the, the good times sample and searching for it seeing where 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 was that from right and i bumped into this album and then i noticed that oh this is a is a truly great gem of a of a record so yep pretty good stuff i i i appreciate very much that you listen to all of this uh shorter shorter episode i wonder if i just do another one maybe just to maybe I do another one just to keep things rolling you know it's weird to have one okay let's do another one so you get 
true for the price of one in this one, all right? The next one is 99. 99. The 99 is New Young. Oops, sorry. New Young Harvest from uh, 1970. Um, it's been a while since I since I heard that one before, but I did listen to that record through exhaustion in my younger days. Um, easy to say that that's the most quintessential Neil Young from the seventies. That's his most uh, iconic. Uh, his best known songs. It's actually 72. Sorry, I, sometimes the years from the albums, they, they do slip my mind. Uh, and it's Water Time, just to rhyme. Bear with me. As you know it already, uh, if you stay through the Water Time, that means that. You're a truly fan of my work. So pretty simple record as well. Interesting to have kind of, uh, it's not, I'm, I'm just trying to search for parallels between the two albums. Uh, they are one year apart, right? Um, New Young, Canadian um, singer-songwriter. really a prolific guy during the 70s um, not as much during the 80s although he uh, he's con consistently released stuff since then he is one of those figures that is kind of respected basically by everyone in the music industry basically everyone that comes and and uh, let's say since he 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 came about right in, in this in the 60s and the 70s which is his prime um, the guys from the 80s that were doing kind of a similar work as his for example rem let's say or i mean you can get those bands who are inspired by Americana, right? Pixies. Uh, you, you can think about those ones. Um, Pavement or whatever. They hold a candle to the work that he did on the 60s and the 70s. Uh, and then you go to Nirvana. You go to the, the, all, the whole grunge uh, period. They also hold a candle to some of his works, right? Some of those uh, mixtures between folk and, and rock and roll and hard rock um, harvest is the most in my opinion maybe the most wholesome and pure but not even wholesome because it is pretty sad and melancholic from um, time to time right it's pretty reminiscent of the of the past and all that <clears throat> but it's the most pastoral uh, work from from new young um, it's a pretty tight record and it's basically 
a love letter to a simple life, I would say. Um, it has it deals a lot of me with memory. It deals a lot with um, the south of the United States and that kind of lifestyle. Um, the kind of honesty and code of honor that's kind of maybe um, in conjunction with that period of time and period of, of, of life that like the the end of the hippie era this uh, record it's a very good uh, palette cleanser 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 to the hippie era from the 60s because it's pretty much the folk from the from the 40s and and even 30s right 30s 40s to the 50s not the 50s as much but it's it's a call back to that kind of country pastoral uh hence the name harvest right um, to the simplicity of uh, lifestyle before everything kind of went upside down with the the the, the 60s and the, especially the end of the 60s because you have with the Manson uh, with the Sharon Tate murder you have kind of the end of the era right you have kind of the end of that dreamlike uh, two-year period there where you know Jimi Hendrix was very prominent and the Beatles and uh, Beach Boys the, the the zombies the the who you know Rolling Stones so uh, which the, the British invasion kind of took over you know this records kind of oh let's go back to the to what the really important value of the North, North American people really is. I'm saying that as an outsider, right? But in terms of Brazilian music, that's not the case at all. It's, it's a whole other thing. But although very similar to the, to the America, American blueprint of stuff, right? But that's another, another, another um, subject. Um, in terms of instrumentation, it's basically what you can expect, like a Bob Dylan record. It's kind of the same, right? It's the harmonica, the drums, the really tight, um, the really tight instrumentation. They don't go very, very zany. They don't go everywhere uh, with the electric stuff. They keep it acoustic for the most part. Uh, as I said, in terms of themes in terms of of feeling of especially with the lyrics what the, the lyrics are trying to do it's basically the look into the past of a life in a form and that kind of independent look of things and like having a a place where having a heart of gold is important 
truly important, right? And it's not in a cynical or in a non, totally non-ironic uh, idea, right? So his his type of singing, uh, it is kind of similar to Bob Dylan in a way, because Neil Young was influenced by, by of course the the the, the grace from the from the beginning of the of the folk music now the folk period. Um, uh, Wood Guthrie and the country, especially right. Well, Wade and uh, Wade and Jennings and 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 Mur Haggard was definitely very influenced by those guys. But Dylan was a force of nature, especially right from the second album onwards. Right, he was always some some uh, at the front front uh, the, uh, the forefront of 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 the the. He was a truly influencer in terms of composition right so no wonder someone from new like new young which has the first record from 1969 not very far away from this one here uh dylan was making music for seven eight years from that point right so truly the 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 inflections and the the, the kind of freedom that the 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 dylan puts in the in his delivery it is shown on the on the on the way the new young does it as well um it's, it's a, a good mix between folk and country uh it's a good mix between uh a look at the future but trying to get inspiration from the past to, before you move on right not just a negation and not just a a a fit as the 60s kind of they 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 rank somewhat as being a a, a childish uh negation of of everything that came before although they do own it a lot and they were true innovators within those uh that movement but i do believe that harvest it's a pure lovely album short to the point as well um it does have a similar runtime from the from the persuasions ones yeah maybe maybe the persuasions has a little bit less but anyway uh of course this one here you know the the the, the songs they they carry more gravitas because they have a full instrumentation uh harder gold Classic, uh, a man needs a maid. Classic, Alabama, Alabama, uh, Alabama. It's probably more, um, probably more interesting way of pronouncing. Also, kind of begin a feud with the with Leonard Skinner, right? Because they do have Sweet Home Alabama, and it's it, it maybe kind of maybe it is kind of an answer to that song over there. I don't know, I don't I'm not quite sure which one came first. I believe the Leonard Skinner came after that one, but they were a band already. Um, and Old Man, beautiful song. Are you ready for the country? Beautiful song as well. I think this album is kind of similar to. Uh, T for the Tillman from Cat Stevens. 
I do believe that they have some similarities in terms of earnestness and just like cheer, honest and, and like how genuine they are. It's pretty remarkable, right? It's just both both guys there, both uh, Youssef, Cat Stevens and, and New Young, they do have that quality. And Paul Simon from that matter, because he has a record from 1972 as well, which is similar to this one as well. Uh, a very simple folk album uh, with a lot of catchy catchy songs and, and well done uh, production and well done uh, a sense a pop sensibility very well put together. But just the, the honesty and just the cheer amount of vulnerability that those guys display, right? Both those three there, I think they are major examples of, 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 of that thing. Uh, Neil Young is usually more uh, cynical and, and he has a more edge to him, I think. Although he's a very emotional and, and, and melancholic uh, composer, comparing with Cat Stevens and Paul Simon, he's less... Is a more rock and roll personality than those, but I do believe that this is a very, it is a classic and it is it is mentioned and it's probably the best New Young album. It's it's no wonder, right? I personally believe that I do enjoy more of his later work. Yeah. I do like After the Gold Rush, uh, which I think is, uh, it's actually before, anyway, um, sometimes I talk. I, I I do like more of the, uh, with the band, right? With the band, I think he's, he's more fully realized, but anyway, it's a, uh, What's the name of the band, New Young Band? I forgot. Uh, the one that is on, on... Oh, Crazy Horse, yeah. Crazy Horse. I do enjoy more of those albums. I, I do think he has better energy with those. Right, Russ Never Sleeps is a fucking amazing album. Uh, what else has to be said about that? I don't think anything else can be said about that. Yeah. Great album. It, it, I, I don't have my... F uh, I, 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 I've worked today, so... My energy is a little bit off, you know, and... I got two records today that maybe I don't have full-on as much as, as a, a recent familiarity with it, I, I didn't listen to those records recently, which is kind of the, the downside of doing uh, what I'm doing here, like this. I'm probably gonna, not going to be uh, very familiar with some of those for a while. But I do, I do think that New Young, it's a... Uh, Oh, sorry, again. 
I do think I do think that Neil Young it's in, it's a one of the greats, right? How can you say that he's not? Uh, and he's basically the the grandpa of like '90s alternative rock, in a way. <laughs> you can thank Neil Young for. Of course, that's not only him, right? But you can thank him for Pixies, as I said, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, basically all the American college rock albums. It's like he was a guy who put those types of sound into into fruition, right? Way, way before when those guys were. In, in the formation years, right, of their of their career. So essentially mid eighties there they came to imitate a new young. They came to imitate a Bob Dylan in a electric phase. And of course uh, T Rex hugely influential for those uh bands as well. Uh Big Star uh, and Beatles, Rolling Stones, and The Doors, and Led Zeppelin, of course, all they all all of them have a lot of true a lot to offer to those types of bands. Sorry, I'm, I'm making you yawn as well, and that's not very nice. Um, hopefully, that wasn't that much of a useless ramble. Um, and see you next time. Hopefully, hopefully tomorrow I can do this again. I will. I have to. Harvest and Street Corner, Street Corner Symphony. Two very simple, very well defined by their own uh, genre. R&B, a cappella, or folk, in both those cases, both of them have what it's important in music, which is a sense of personality, uh, a personality that's there, right? A sense of composition and a sense of care. And, uh, of course, that everything else follows, you know? Because they become highly original because they have those type of things. Because it is the persuasions. And it is New Young. It couldn't be anyone else. Right? Especially with New Young. Uh, which is a more fully fledged and fully formed uh, concept here. It can be a concept album. Right? About the, the life on the country. About, uh, about change about being simpler, uh, about maybe not even belong, belonging that much, but trying to do that. And being extremely poetic, but being simple at the same time, which is the best type of poetry, right? The, the thing that can convey the most with less. And there is nothing that can do that as effectively as a blue-collar type of character. And that's, I think, what 
Neil Young is kind of doing here. He's doing that type of idea. He's playing the kind of blue collar game with this album, uh, which it's not like feels kind of weird to say it, right? But it's it's I don't think it, it is because a folk singer songwriter, a, a folk musician, it's a blue collar. You know, he, he's not a a, a a celloist. He's not a you know opera singer. Popular music, popular songs with a guitar, they were pretty much like a carnival uh, attraction, right? They were like a, a street show, the bad, the, the, the buskers, you know? They were doing, they, they had that type of uh, reputation in the beginning of the, of the century there, right? When things became more developed and you actually had the development of the industry in and of itself right the the, the, the tv industry uh, the movies uh, it became more like the rock and roll and the and the guitar became the center of the of the music understanding in pop culture but at the beginning that wasn't the case right the 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 Hobo with the guitar was the blue collar, right? Because it, it, it was a matter of distraction between breaks from the from the mining or whatever, you know? So they used the singing and they used the playing to just talk about those, those afflictions and talk about those... Uh, back-breaking work that they were doing you know it, it, it was kind of like that and then as as it was developing as as it developed it became more, much more marketable especially with because of Elvis right and and of course Frank Sinatra and although he kind of travels between jazz and and, and, and blues and all that but anyway that's another thing um, yeah, nice. Both. Uh, I know that I I made the list, and I I'm gonna like every record that's in here. You know, I'm not gonna put. Uh, I, I might not never speak up about an album that I don't like. That's probably not the whole the whole point here. Uh, yeah, my personal coping mechanism ended for today. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully that's kind of useful for you. Thank you.